This podcast, hosted by a husband and wife team, focuses primarily on etiquette. Oh, it's Schmanners. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. Hello, my dove. Hello, dear. How are you? I have to say, that that intro, very nice. Uh-huh. Very funny. Yeah. Not really what you're supposed to do at trivia. I know. Listen. <laughs> Honey, the intros are jokes. That's where the bits live. I... So now we can get down to serious business. But that's where the jokes are. Of course, this is not what you it do. It just took a lot out of me to, to lie to our listeners. You like are that. not a good liar. That is very true. <laughs> You're a terrible liar. Not like me. The world's best. Um, hey, listen. We're going to talk about, but how are you? I, are you hydrated? I think so. Do I need a sip? You should have a little sip. Okay. All right. She's having a sip. She looks satisfied. Ah, okay. Now my new, we can My talk. new jam this summer. Iced hot chocolate. That's just iced chocolate. Yeah, I guess. I think I, there's some place, maybe it's Dunkin' Donuts that sells frozen hot chocolate, which just makes my mind melt. <laughs> not because it's so good, but because the very concept. Yes. Um, but listen, we're not talking about frozen drinks. Well, we should because they're good. Yeah, but I don't know. <laughs> what's the etiquette of frozen drinks? Enjoy mm. them responsibly. I don't know if you have to enjoy iced hot chocolate responsibly. <laughs> Whoa, whoa, slow down. Think about diabetes. It's less calorific than chocolate milk. It's calorific. No, it's less. It's It's calorific. Cowabunga, dude. It isn't calorific. Oh, okay. Hey, so this week we're going to talk about trivia. And the reason for this episode, if I might, uh, Teresa's idea, but I have to assume it was because I went to trivia this week and got second place. <laughs> we also used to go to trivia together. That is true. When we lived in um, in Los Angeles, us, our friend Tybee, and other folks would often go to the Geeks Drink Trivia that was like two blocks away from us. And you know what? We did pretty well. We did. I would say we probably went like 20 times, 20 weeks, and I would say probably eight of those we got first or second. Yeah. Not bad. Um, I, um, I love trivia. You do. You love trivia. Love it. I'm on the fence about it. As far as me playing, I enjoy watching other people play trivia. I love learning new things. Um, but the thing about trivia is you don't necessarily have to be smart. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily have to like use your deductive reasonings you either know something or you don't Correct. and the thing about it is like when I go somewhere and I play trivia I really like it when I know the answers yeah, yeah. I'm less enthused when I don't yeah <laughs> it would be weird if you're like you know my favorite part about trivia is when I don't know it when I get the answer wrong but that's the thing is like Here's the difference betwixt Teresa and I. There are many, but one of them when it comes to games like this is I, there is 
a, a, a certain joy I take out of frustration and like being competitive. Like I'll be playing a video game for example yeah. and I'll yeah. be very frustrated because like I keep dying and Teresa's like do you enjoy this? And the answer is yes in a weird way because it for me it's that chasing that when you succeed I, the elation is heightened because the frustration that came before it and Teresa just doesn't feel it. Teresa's just happy <laughs> all the time. <laughs> but so let's talk a little bit about trivia. Now, here's the thing. Just in case anyone has never been, the pub trivia I'm thinking of, right, is like you go, you sit down, there's a host, the host calls out questions, and now this takes different forms. Like, for example, the one that I just played in on Tuesday, there was like a wagering system mm-hmm. where basically each round there were three questions, and you had like one point, three point, or six point. And if you really thought you knew the answer to like question two, you would make that one worth six points. If you kind of knew the answer to question one, you make that one worth three points. And if you are completely guessing on question three, you make that one worth one point, right? But that's not all of them. It's mostly someone reads off the question, you write down the answer, you turn that in, right? Just like that. Yeah. Is that how it's always been? No. No. Okay. So the first versions of Trivia Night were probably in the UK. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. It um, seems, when, especially since nowadays it's mostly referred to as pub trivia. Right. It made me assume. Yeah. 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 And you know what happens when you assume? You're usually right. Is is that how it goes? Nope. Um, so these these quiz games were actually very popular in Britain. Um, and they really date back to the Round Britain Quiz, which was a radio show that was started in 1947. Okay. I was wondering how far back pub trivia went because I, I suspected it wasn't going to be like a you know elizabethan kind of thing it just didn't feel like it didn't feel like back then people needed an excuse to go drink right right um and as soon as trivia shows moved from radio to television that's when it really exploded right because by the 50s late 50s um most pubs had television sets in them um and oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And so they people would often shout out answers to the games as they were playing on on the television. Um, and so people really liked to play these games in the pub atmosphere and people started making like a weekly thing of it. So when the trivia game comes on the television, we all go to the pub and shout at it. Well, here's the thing that makes pub trivia make complete sense, right? When you think about it, let's think about it from like a business standpoint of if you are a bar owner, right? What you are always trying to do is maximize the amount of time someone might spend in your bar. Exactly. Right? So if you think about like a, a dartboard or like a pool table or billiards or whatever. Or, or in the case of a college bar, free food. Right, right. <laughs> At that point, if you're doing free food, right, that costs you money to do if you're doing darts or like pool table that's like two to four maybe six people max mm-hmm. um if someone's watching a sports game right now you have to kind of operate on seasons hope that you know people care about sports are going to come in but with pub trivia right once you start the game you're staying there for two to three hours exactly and while you're there you're going to buy drinks And so it's a good way to maximize the time someone is going to stay in your thing. And not only that, 
if it's a regularly scheduled occurrence, mm-hmm. people then make a habit like a television show. Right, they make a habit out of coming to it, and they max you're maximizing the time someone's going to spend in your bar. And they want to, if it's a game, they want to win it. They want to recruit their friends who they feel would do well. So you're getting Correct. more people to your bar. And a lot of times now, the prizes they give out are gift cards to the bar that you are in. Exactly. Which then, once again, guarantees the return. It's just, it's a good, and also, it's fun. I enjoy, <laughs> I enjoy it. Um, so then, like you said, this was very profitable for the bars, the pubs, so they would start hosting their own events, not just when the trivia shows were on TV. Um, so what what this inspired then was the company Burns and Porter to start hosting their own in-person versions mm-hmm. of the game on quieter nights so they could draw in more customers. So they, they thought, like like you said, we want to get more people in the pub. So people really love this TV show. Let's play the game live here in the pub. Another thing, just to keep pointing out, because I do love pub trivia. If you think about other things, like I've seen bars that have beer pong tournaments. I've seen bars that have, like, you know, very loud stand-up kind of things to get people in. Where quizzes are, like, quiet all around a table. <laughs> and you're quiet because you don't want to give around away the answers. So it's like, even if you're not ta- playing the quiz, it's not disturbing you, right? So right. another reason that, like, pub quizzes are such a great addition to bars is it doesn't disturb patrons who aren't participating where like if i went to a bar and wasn't playing in a super loud everyone's drunk beer pong tournament it might be a turnoff yeah um so then burns and porter really organized these events i mean it was in their best interest to do so so they got together they did like 32 teams in three separate leagues completing head competing head-to-head and actually sending the results up to burns and porter to have like league standings see this is another i'm gonna keep interrupting because like i said i love it i know so i'm a man um and i interrupt and i know i'm travis and i interrupt um but my first kind of introduction to pub trivia was Buffalo Wild Wings. Oh, really? Where they had those like uh, game board, like you could, it was like a little keyboard, right? Oh, that yeah. you went up to the front yeah. and got, and it was all like playing on the TV screen and you played. And the thing about it was, is it connected to a computer system that then like would show you your rankings like around wherever anyone was playing that in mm-hmm. that game system. And dad is really good at it. I like, can I can definitely imagine your father being good at trivia. Dad has been like I think nationally ranked in like BW3's trivia a couple times. He's he know that dad knows a lot of ephemera. because uh, that's the other thing that I really like about trivia, um, is that it doesn't reward like deep knowledge on one subject mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. rewards like you know a lot of random stuff and like if it if all the pieces fall into place then that random stuff is like yeah every question you asked i happen to know about that uh listeners sorry for the plop i took a drink of my uh my cold chocolate and my stainless steel straw in my stainless steel cup made a noise so maybe some people enjoyed it you don't have to apologize to them okay go on um, so very quickly, this took over the UK. In one county, there were as many as 500 teams. Wow. Yeah, that's that's amazing. And of course, like something that popular, it came to America and yes. people went uh, 
sorry, it came to the U.S. Um, people went bonkers. I'm not it. surprised. I mean, that's the thing is we we here in the U.S. Uh, this might surprise some some uh, listeners who are not uh, in the U.S. Very competitive. Mm-hmm. And because it started in the U.K., um, cities with a large, uh, for example, Irish presence mm-hmm. like Boston, New York, were the front runners. Yep. In uh, <laughs> yep, that tracks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then when the game Trivial Pursuit, which had regular, you know, like ready-made questions, uh-huh. so you didn't have to even have like a company come out. You could just have people in your bar play trivia, per- Trivial Pursuit out loud uh-huh. in the '80s. Like it was a craze. Everybody loved it. Um, so, so much so that today, like you said, lots of bars and pubs all across the world have their trivia nights, sometimes weekly. Some bars are dedicated just to trivia nights. Um, and it has become, again, a cultural staple. Um, you mentioned Geeks Who Drink. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's even like television shows. Correct. Uh with that name, right? Wouldn't Jeopardy be a different kind of show if people were drinking while they played on Jeopardy? Oh, totally. That would be a different kind of show, huh? All right. Really would be. All really right. would be. Hey, Drunk Jeopardy, TM, TM, TM. That's mine. <laughs> you can't take that. So when they get when they get questions wrong, drink. Oh, oh no! Okay. All right, TM, TM, TM. No, I think that you should you should celebrate break with a drink when you get a question right on well, Jeopardy. It should be both. And when no. you get a question right, you can make someone else drink. Uh, right, we'll figure I don't out. Know. TM, there, TM, TM, TM. Uh, really, we'll, hey, we'll develop. We're giving away. It we're depends away on the, the game because some games of Jeopardy are a lot of wrong answers and some are right. Well, I don't want anyone to die. Right. Okay. Okay. We'll, okay. TM, TM, TM. TM, TM, TM. Um, yeah, you know, I was just looking. I wanted to see if there was a trivia night. Like that, I wanted to go to here in Cincinnati, and when I looked it up, just one company mm-hmm. that I believe is called Last Call Trivia, there were like two hundred. There was like, I would say on average five games. Uh, well, that doesn't equal two hundred, does it, Travis? Let's say ten games. <laughs> uh, ten games, just so that your math works out. Yeah, every night of the week, and even that's only seventy. I know. Please don't tweet at me. <laughs> but like. That was one company, like, all across just Cincinnati, just the Cincinnati area, like, 70 games to choose from throughout the course of the week in different locations. And that's, it was was amazing. I I expected to find, like, you know, there's three or four good ones. And to have so many to choose from is a testament to how popular, like, pub trivia is. Yes. And you know what? I would like to talk more about trivia, but first, how about a thank you note for our sponsors? Sure. Teresa, who is our sponsor this week, and how can we thank them? This week, Schmanners is sponsored in part by Harper Wild. It's bra shopping, but a better way to bra shop. So they have a really cool home try-on system that um, lets you find the perfect fitting bra in the comfort of your own home. Uh, They set out to design a bra that provides support, comfort, and quality. And they have a pretty attractive price point, um, which makes them easy to buy in bundles. So you can have one for every day of the week, even laundry day. They have a really great um, thing on their site. It's like a little quiz, BuzzFeed style quiz. 
little bit like trivia, I guess, uh, where it can try and pinpoint the most frustrating parts of bra shopping and make it so that you get the bras that fit you best. Um, let's see. They have this, uh, this great partnership with Girls, Inc., Uh, to lift up women around the world and a portion of each sale supports mentorship and educational program for programming for girls I took a look at their website it's very easy to navigate and that free home try on is very attractive do like Um, so it's time for all of us to get a lift with Harper Wild. Go to harperwild.com slash manners and use promo code schmanners to get 15% off your purchase. That's harperwild, spelled W-I-L-D-E, dot com slash schmanners with the schmanners promo code for 15% off your purchase. One more time, harperwild.com slash schmanners. Hi, I'm Biv. And I'm Teresa. And we host One Bad Mother, a comedy podcast about parenting. Whether you are a parent or just know kids exist in the world, join us each week as we honestly share what it's like to be a parent. I don't know how to fix mornings for myself. (laughs) I do not know how to make mornings okay for myself. So the t-shirt, I don't do mornings, isn't even a funny shirt. I shouldn't get it for you. It's sad. It's a sad shirt. Yeah, it's a sad shirt with tears flowing. So join us each week as we judge less, laugh more, and remind you that you are doing a great job. Find us on MaximumFun.org, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Janet Varney, and like many of you, some more recent than others, I used to be a teenager. In fact, just about all of my friends were too, including wonderful women like Alison Brie. I'm dead center on the balance beam. And this is like a big gym. All the kids' parents are there watching. I have to stop, like, you know, when you have to pee so bad and you can't even move. And then I just go. I just pee right in the middle of the high balance beam. (laughs) So join me every week on the JV Club podcast where I speak with complicated, funny, messy humans as we reminisce about our adolescences and how they led us to becoming who we are. Find it every Thursday on Maximum Fun. Okay, we got some questions. Okay, well, wait a second. Oh, yeah. What? Uh, oh, oh. I do have a quick and dirty list of do's and don'ts. Okay. Well, but don't you think it might overlap? I mean, questions? it definitely will. Okay, you go first. Okay. It's important that you arrive early. Yes. Especially if you have a full team. The uh, the rules vary from from trivia night to trivia night, but usually it's around six people maximum. Mm. Um, if you have a full team, you got to scope up that table early. Yes. Um, also, it would behoove you to include different people in your social circle mm-hmm. because the wider bath of knowledge that you have, the better you'll be off. Now, here's it. Okay, to that point. And this is something I'm sure we'll touch on in answering questions. There are two very good, equally important reasons to go to trivia. One, because you want to compete and you want to win. Two, because it's a fun thing to do with your friends. Mm-hmm. And you can you can feel both of those things. You can feel one or the other. And that's the thing. Like, 
you don't have to win to have fun, right? But you should have fun when you win. That's, that, That's let's true. Let's put it that way. Okay. <laughs> um, I suggest that you nominate the person with the best handwriting to write all of the answers because if the quiz master can't read it, can't give you points. I also will say uh, another along those same lines. If it's the thing where you have to take up each answer to the th- to the quiz master individually, take turns doing it. Don't let anyone feel burdened by having to be the person who always has to turn in the answer. Unless it's Travis McElroy and he wants to turn in the answer every time. Well, okay. I mean, I don't want to. Not if I have to get up and walk around. <laughs> I think that it's obvious, but be quiet and courteous while the questions are being read. And while the answers are being read. I will say along the same lines, that goes for even if you aren't playing in the game, even if you aren't participating, don't shout out the answer because you know it even though you're not playing like, oh, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, when the quiz master is asking you a question, be respectful of the quiz master and the people playing the game, even if you're not. Um, Do know that anything within your surroundings that uh, gives you a clue to the answer of a question, fair game. Something about, I don't know, if there's a dartboard and there's questions about the, like, scoring system for darts. Feel free. Look at that dartboard. Except for. Figure it out. Cell phones. Of course. Or any kind of tablet or anything that connects to the internet. Just do your, here's the thing. You shouldn't even have it out. Yes. Even if you're like, well, I was just texting my friend. Wait until after you've turned in your answer if you need to do that or step outside. Because the thing is, is like. Even if you weren't doing anything wrong, like, don't give the appearance that you were. But I'm talking about your surroundings. Absolutely. If it's if it's a, a game like darts or if it has to do with, um, like, drinks or drink brands and you happen to see that, you know, the there's that particular brand on draft or whatever. I was kicking myself because one of the that. questions we got wrong this week was a question about Stella, uh, the beer, Stella Artois. And there was, like, a big, like, thing of it to my right. And I, like, couldn't remember. I was like, I think it's Guinness. And we turned it in. And I was like, ah! <laughs> um, and here's one that you may not know. If the wait staff gives you an answer. Tip. You should tip them extra. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and feel free to use the wait staff. But, you know, if they give you an answer, they'll probably give other teams an answer, too. That is true. So it's not, it's there. Don't expect exclusivity. Are you ready? I'm ready. For some questions. Okay. This is from Valori Gal. I'm going to go with that. What is the appropriate level of celebration when your team wins, especially if you win almost every week? Oh. Here's what I will say implosion celebration, not explosion celebration. Okay. Does that make sense? Like celebrate. Because we want to be, we want to be, you know, Good lose, good winners as right. well as good losers. There's a difference between celebrating with your friends versus celebrating to the losers, right? Like, yes, that's the difference of like turning around and going, "You like, yeah, yeah," and pointing at people who lost. Not okay, but like hugging your friends and high fiving your friends, totally cool. I would say that's my standpoint. I agree. Cool. Next question. This is from Hannah. How should you deal? Uh, how should you handle a friend who gets upset that they feel like they don't know any answers? Oh, man. You know, so so often that's me. Hmm. I feel not like I I don't feel upset, but I we've talked about my lack of competitive nature. I can pretty much just take it or leave it. And usually I leave it. Hmm. <laughs> 
So uh, there have been occasions where I've really tried to get into the spirit of it Mm -hmm. and not been able to really participate because I don't know what's, you know, I don't know any of the answers for those that night. But I think that that's not like that's the thing is if, if especially if you're going regularly like not everyone's going to know all the answers and there are some exactly. nights where you're not going to know any answers right I think the key is if you have a friend that you know feels that way put an extra special point on when they do know the answer like ah nice positive thanks, reinforcement thanks. Um, and you know also in as much as you can while trying to be quiet and respectful and not give away answers a little bit of like table talk of just like what do you think how do you feel about this right that's mm-hmm. another good way to include someone is if someone else knows the answer and they're like I think it's this right say how do we all feel about that everybody good with this sure that sure. way even if they don't know the answer everybody's agreeing on the answer when it's turned down. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is something that they're not, they're not all going to be bangers. Right. You know? Correct. And I think that it's important to, you know, keep a gentle reminder saying, hey, you don't know any of these this week, but last week you knew a lot of the answers yeah. or, you know, something like that. General encouragement, I think, is good. Um, and, you know, just be, be, be attuned. And that's sensitive. the other thing. This is the thing that, I uh, struggle with for a long time and now actively work at, which is not always being the person to grab the piece of paper and write the answer down. Like, the thing is, is, it, it, like, letting everybody have a turn. That's not to say let someone write down an answer that you know is wrong. Sure. But, like, the, like, I got that. Everybody just stand back. I'm triviaing over here. <laughs> like, don't. I'm the trivia king. Yeah, make it more collaborative. Uh, this is from JJ Cool J. Nice. Uh, is it okay to reuse team names? It feels like a cop out, but it's also kind of hard to be clever sometimes. I would say, of course. Yeah. I mean, especially if it's the same people coming out. Yeah. I mean, we tended when we were playing hardcore, uh, we tended to make a new team name every night because we thought that we were witty. Now, to be fair, we are witty. <laughs> <laughs> but there were plenty of teams that we saw again and again and again use the same name because they there's a kind They're of... establishing a brand. Yeah, there's kind of a following to that sort of thing, I think. Well, and, you know, it's just like... That's like baseball teams. You know, football teams, they use the same name. It's fine. Yeah. Now, you're saying, like, as you go from trivia, like, if you're going to a different one? Sure. Once again, if it's, if it's the same group and you all, like, identify as those people, like, this is our team. Totally fine. And even if it's not that, if it's like, I can't think of a dip... Yeah. Like, you're not yeah. getting bonus points for your name or maybe you are oh that's a cool game i would say it's fine it's one of those things of like you don't have to reinvent the wheel every time uh now along the same lines this is from buddy how appropriate does the team name need to be at bar trivia um i mean appropriate like not safe for work you know? <laughs> it needs to be not embarrassing when said out loud and not offensive yes there were i will say tuesday night when we went to, there were a couple names that weren't outright like that would get you banned on Twitter but it was more like cringy like yeah that's too far like I said embarrassing to say out loud I I think that a lot of people tend to go for the shock value when really what's appreciated is wit at trivia let me tell you the the team name that I really appreciated Puma P-U-M-A Puma Pants Puma Pants (laughs) <laughs> right? It was, it made me laugh 
every time it was said. <laughs> Puma pants. It's that's perfect. That to me is very funny. That nail. Because you don't, you're not embarrassed when you say it. You smile when you say yeah, it. Yeah, right. I think that's. I get it. That's, that's, that's funny. Our team name was Indoor, like or Indoor, however you want to pronounce E N D O R, the planet where the Ewoks are from. Indoor voices. Yep. Right. That's mm-hmm. me. Oh, that's funny because I was wearing an Ewok shirt yes. when we went, and I was like, Makes, "Oh, that's cute. That's cute." Right. I think that that's it. No shock value. Play on words is better. Yes. Uh, this is from Christine. Is it rude to play a themed trivia in your area of expertise and do- totally dominate your guests, like I.e. Harry Potter trivia? Now here's the thing. Yes and no. Because if you are at some place where this is being done and you dominate, totally fine. If you are like, I am a huge, I know everything about Harry Potter and I know my friends don't. And I'm going to invite them over to my (laughs) house and make them play Harry Potter trivia with me. In which I am the only person having fun as I wipe the floor with them. That is not okay. Yes. It's all of the intent behind Mm -hmm. it. Um, everyone can have their area of expertise. Yours happens to be Harry Potter. And if that happens to be a, a a topic at your trivia night, that's great. Go team because you're part of a team. But if it turns out to be more of a, a, a competitive against your friends, that's that's hard on a friendship. Yeah. If you're arranging it, you know, once again, like I said, I if mean, you if- end up at a party where it's happening and you win. Cool. You studied that thing. You also, know, but- you know. Be nice about it. Yes, definitely. Uh, this question is from Mary Lee. I can never get people to go with me to trivia night. How do I scrounge up a group? Can I go by myself? Um, a lot. Uh, it'll depend on the rules of the of the game that you're playing. There are some trivia nights that do not allow one person teams. Yes. Um, but there are lots that do. But there you are know, lots that do. And if you really want to go, that's a great way to make new friends. I oh. would say that if you go. Uh, by yourself, you could ask to join up to another yeah, team. Yeah, or, you know, if you're too nervous to do that, which I would be, go a couple times and slowly, like, make friends with another team. You know, that kind of thing. And just a lot of the reasons that there are rules against one-person team has to do with table space. Yeah. Just, like, they don't want one person taking, like, a six-stock table for the whole night. You know what I mean? Right. But at a lot of places where it's like, it's fine, you can just sit at the bar. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, as far as getting people to go... One of the things that helps is making it a plan ahead of time rather than like day of. A couple days out, say like, hey, or even a week, say, hey, next week, Tuesday night, trivia, at 7 p.m., who wants to go? Let them like plan around it. Because a lot of people, you know, if their evening's not free, they don't want to go. Exactly. Um, if it's something where like even with that, not having offered to buy the first round, but, you know, here's what it boils down to. If if someone doesn't want to go, if they don't think they'd have a good time, like, making someone go to something where they're not going to have a good time because you want to go isn't great. I understand the feeling, and I've done that many times, right? And I've made the mistake of thinking, well, I enjoy this, and I think you would too, so let me drag you to it mm. to prove to you that you'll have a good time. I remember this. Right? Where it's just like, this hey, was- that, that was a very similar thing that happened to us, well, that you happened to me a couple times before we discussed the idea that we can have a good time separately. separate things. Yeah, that's the <laughs> thing. It's like, I understand that feeling, but if they don't want to go, you know what, also, maybe, like, okay, this might sound a little cold and calculating but from Travis McRae, but stick with me. If your, like, really tight-knit group of friends doesn't want to go... 
who are maybe like the second tier friends. Tertiary friends. Yeah, that you can ask. And maybe then become closer friends with them as you're like, these are my trivia friends. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I think that finding a shared experience like this that that you both are into is a really good way to strengthen a friendship. So that would be a suggestion from me. Okay, this next question is from Sheila. How do you uh, respond to pushback from a teammate when you feel in your gut that you know the right answer but can't quite back it up with 100% certainty? Oh, man. I think that this is something where it's a give and take, right? Where if... I am reminded of Finding Nemo, right? Where Dory's like, I think we should go through the trench and and uh, Marlin is like, no, we need to go over the trench. She's like, just trust me on this. And then he, they go over the trench. And so the next time when Dory says, just trust me on this, he listens. And that's that's the thing that, that kind of needs to happen. You may, if you have that gut feeling that you're right and you express that and the teammates don't take that as as a sign... And you were right. And you were right. That's when you get to pull that card out next time. So it's like a give and take. That is a thing when we played uh, every week with Tybee in in L.A. Like we established a like vocabulary for like Mm -hmm. I am certain on that. Like that I can't tell you how I know, but I know what this is. And, uh, you know, I and the more times that you're absolutely right about it, the more you get that trust from your teammates that you're going to be right about it next time. And I think it goes both ways, right? Like if you are open to discuss, because that's the thing, what you don't want to fall into is the trap of, well, my gut tells me it's this, right? Every time Mm -hmm. where it's like, you might be wrong. Like, how certain are you that you feel like it's the right answer? And how much is it like, well, it's the first answer that popped into your head, right? right? Because it's okay to be wrong. But it's not okay to shout down someone else's answer just because you thought of something first. And I think that's really where the, like, table talk and establishing the communication lines of, like, okay, how how that was what we would do is, like, if I had a guess and you had a guess, how strongly do you feel about your guess? 80%. How strongly do you feel about your guess? 90%. Okay, cool. We'll go with the 90% one, right? right? Like, being able to say, like, how strongly do you feel and then have everyone say, like, does that sound good? Yes. Okay, cool. Right? Because at the end of the day, friendship is really the prize. Do-do-do. Um, this question is from Mackenzie. How okay is heckling? What is a good protocol for correcting factual errors in questions? So this is two things. Right. I would say, even if you don't mean heckling in, like, a bad way, but, like, in a ribbing, <laughs> don't. Because the thing is... Here's what you always have to think about when it comes to, like, talking back to someone on stage. Even if you mean it in a lighthearted, fun way or helpful way or whatever. They are one, and you, the crowd, are many. And it can be very intimidating. Even if you're like, but it's just little old me. I'm not being threatening. Yeah, but when you're one person being looked at by 30, 40, 50, 100 people, and voices start shouting at you, it can be really scary. Mm-hmm. Um, or at the very least off-putting, even if it's not scary. So I would say that if there is a an answer that you think is wrong or a question that was like worded confusingly, 
when the next like answer break happens, you know, they finish the next question and then there's a pause for people to write down answers. Right. I would go up to them and be like, um, that's where you plead your case. Yes. And remember, um, I mean, we've talked about this a lot. You catch more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. Yes. So if you are a person who has been heckling and, you know, in general, giving the quiz master a hard time, the when you go up there and plead your case, I, if it were me, I would not be very likely to give you the answer that you want. The, I mean, the points that you probably want. Yeah. Uh, because of the, you know, the tone, tone of, of voice, your behavior, body language, all of that stuff. Right. So, um, it really would behoove you to not not make little jabs at the quiz master. I'm not like up there to be like, hey, you're wrong. <laughs> Right, and, and I will also say, like, then the end result is if you make your case, and they still don't want to do it, that's how it works, you know. Like, I, it, the thing is, if you make your case and they're like, "Hey, I understand, but I'm not going to give you points for that." Okay, cool. If it's that frustrating for you, find a different quiz night or yeah. a different quiz master. It's at that point, unless there's like you like paid to participate and there's money on the line. Even then, though, I I think like. Once you've made your case and they've said no, just walk away. It's like, it's not a democratic situation. Correct. They are in charge. They have the final say. They said no. And even if that's frustrating, like, it's not worth, like, pursuing further. And ruining your night. Yes. You know? Agree. Um, let's see. This is uh, from Bar Aesthetic. If you're with a rowdy group, what's a good way to keep them somewhat civil? I'm always self-conscious about saying, hey, keep it down, guys, or something similar. Well, I think that um, rowdiness often, it it not just distracts other teams, it distracts your own team. Mm -hmm. So I think that a good way to try and to keep everybody reined in is to talk about how, hey, you guys don't, you want to win, Right. Let's keep it. Keep the energy up for the answers. Once again, like I said, implosion. Right. Focus the energy inward rather than letting it fly outward. Because that's the thing. Right. Think about a sheepdog. When a sheepdog is shepherding. Right. They don't just stand and bark at the sheep to tell them where to go. They like guide them. Right. Mm -hmm. To get there. So I would say rather than saying like, hey, you know, hey, keep it down. Say, all right, what's everyone think about this one? Okay, well, what it's like. And yeah, right, try and redirect attention towards the game, towards yourself, towards the right. answers. And, and you know what? If you have people that don't... Because we also got a question from Ray about how should you handle half your team not participating. Don't invite that half next time. Yeah. Like, the thing is, is like, you can't make someone care about the thing if they don't. All you can do is play your game you know, mm-hmm. and try to have your fun. And the thing is, it's frustrating. And I got, man, I've been in that position. It's about that, if you have half a team that's not participating, maybe your team is too big. That's there, also true. There might be too many cooks in the kitchen and they just don't feel like they have anything to contribute. So half your team, make make two separate teams so that everybody can have a voice. Uh, final question. This is from Brenna. If you're prone to being a sore, sore loser, example, me, <laughs> That's Brenna saying, that, not me. Uh, what Although. are some things? I'm not a sore. I don't like losing. Who does? Uh, what are some things you could do to combat that in the name of politeness and making people want to keep hanging out with you? 
Um, here, so here's what I do. Yes, Teresa has alluded to the fact that I can sometimes be a sore loser. Here's why I am a sore loser. Because I like to win. Um, but more than that, I I play the beat, right? And what that means is I start analyzing, ah, uh, if we had gotten that question right, if we had, you know, won that round, if we had gotten that bonus, then we would have won, right? That kind of thing. He shoulda, coulda, woulda. Yeah, don't, don't think about the hypotheticals, right? Because, like, you did what you did, and it played the way that it played, right? What you can do is think forward, where you say, like, oh, next time, we're going to get them next time, right? Push that energy forward to, like, next time we're going to roll in here, we got them next time. That kind of thing, where I think that's more energizing for a team to come back the next week to show that you're passionate about always improving and doing better. Or and say I, to your teammates, like, hey, when you got that question, yeah. when you did that, that was huge. Nice. Like, celebrate the, the smaller good. victories yes. as well. It, you don't have to win in order to celebrate the the good moments that you had playing. Correct. Um, so I would say that it, it, once again, you can't get rid of you can't make yourself not have the energy, right? But you can redirect where it goes. So instead of redirecting your energy to focus on the loss and how you lost. Focus on what went well and what you'll do next time. That's way more uh, productive. Uh, so that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, hey, we've got some McElroy appearances coming up soon. Um, the next ones are the Adventure Zone book tour uh, on July 16th. Dad and I are going to be in Portland, uh, Portland, Oregon. Uh, and Justin and Griffin and Carrie Peach, the artist for the Adventure Zone graphic novel, are going to be in uh, New York City. Um, and we're going to be promoting book two of the Adventure Zone graphic novel series, uh, Murder on the Rockport Limited. We're really excited about it. And if you go to those shows, you'll get a copy of, of the book signed, which is pretty Included exciting. in your ticket price. That's correct. And then on July 17th, Dad and I are going to be in Los Angeles. And hey, listen, I'm going to lay my cards on the table. Those tickets maybe aren't selling as quickly as we would like, so please consider coming. Uh, especially if you live in Los Angeles and you'd like to come for us to come to Los Angeles again. Uh, <laughs> this is a good time to show that support. Um, and then on the 17th, Justin and Griffin are going to be in Austin, Texas. And then on July 19th, all five of us, me, Dad, Griffin, Justin, and Carrie, are going to be at San Diego Comic-Con doing a book tour show. Uh, and at all of those shows, we've got guest performers coming in to play the other parts when we do the live read. It's Some be, real bangers. Yeah, it's going to be a hoot and a half. Uh, you're going to have a great time. And then on July 20th, uh, we're going to be doing an Adventure Zone actual live play show at San Diego Comic-Con. So you can get tickets to all of those if you go to macroy.family uh, and click on Tours. And you can see all the other shows coming up. Um and let's see what else. Go check um, McElroyMerch.com. We got new merch coming out all the time. At the beginning of each month, we try to do a new big rollout of merch. So here in a couple of days, there will be a whole bunch of new stuff. Go to MaximumFun.org. Check out all the other amazing shows. Let's see. What else, Teresa? What am I forgetting? Well, we always thank Brent, Brentofloss Black, for writing our theme music, which is available as a ringtone. 
excuse me, as a ringtone where those are sold. Also, thank you to uh, Kayla M. Wassel for our Twitter thumbnail art. You can tweet at us, and this is where we get a lot of these questions that are featured in our show, at Cast. Also, thank you to um, the newly renamed Bruja Betty Pinup Photography, formerly known as Keely Weiss Photography, uh, for our um, cover banner of our fan-run Facebook group, Schmanners Fanners. Please do join that group if you like giving and getting excellent advice from other Schmanners fans. And we are always looking for new topics. Please submit your topic suggestions to schmannerscast at gmail.com. So that's going to do it for us. Join us again next time. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manners, Schmanners. Get it? MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.